Hey guys, it's Peter and Mary, and welcome to the Living with Hope podcast. A weekly conversation. Where we dig into God's word. And explore what it means. What it means? What it means. To live with hope in Jesus. What it means, what it looks like. Yeah. Flesh it out, which here in this Christmas Advent season, we talk about how Jesus fleshes out for us who God is and what hope looks like. One of the things in this Advent season that I've been reflecting on is this idea of preparation. Because I think as we head into the Christmas season, there's a lot of preparations that accompany how we traditionally celebrate. And I think that's a significant aspect to the season of Advent that if we're not careful, we can go through all of the preparations for Christmas and neglect our hearts in that. I also think it's interesting that during the Christmas season, um, and I, I feel that this might apply on a spiritual realm as well, The Christmas season isn't just about getting to the big day. Mm. As far as like um, spending time with family or preparing special foods, having gifts for each other, that sort of tradition isn't just about, well, boom, we're at Christmas day. Okay, we do it and then it's over. Right. Part of... The fun is the preparation, the anticipation, the little reminders of the things that I have done all my life, like get out that special ornament and like just these like fun, the process. And if if it was only about that one event or day, it would be like, oh, here it is. Boom, done. Mm. But just like this allowing ourselves to soak up the moment and enjoy the process. I think that we can also think of that in like a spiritual realm as well. Yes. That it's not just about attaining this one magical moment or something along that lines, but that it's these, these small daily reminders of the reality that we're celebrating. Yeah. And I think that's a good point. The Christmas season, obviously... When we're talking on the podcast about the celebration of our hope and the reality of Jesus' coming, obviously that idea is kind of entangled in our holiday celebrations that aren't necessarily good or bad. They're just kind of neutral. And and what Mary's talking about is is some of those... um, kind of whether it's just uh, mundane, normal, non, what you might call non-spiritual things of that special ornament or uh, the decorations and that sort of thing, um, there can be a significant spiritual meaning in the formative practice of preparation. Yeah. Because here's what it is, and I think we talked about this on the last podcast when we kind of kicked off the season of Advent, there is significant meaning in the waiting. Yeah. And 
waiting is a spiritual discipline that can be so often much of our waiting in life we waste because we don't recognize the significance of waiting. Right. But there is a deep spiritual significance of waiting because waiting is this in-between, in-between of maybe a promise or an expectation and its fulfillment. Yeah. And so that that right there summarizes what hope is. It's the in-between of the promise and its fulfillment. And so we hold on to hope. Yeah. <clears throat> Yeah, and, you know, I'm thinking of, and this is kind of a random, but very much not random, analogy of when a woman is pregnant and waiting to give birth. Yes. Of course, applicable with the Christmas story. Waiting, the waiting, the anticipation, the unknowns, the excitement, the fear, all of these things... And in those nine months, all of the informative things that that occur, learning patience, such patience that we will need, not we, but a woman who's going to give birth or a family who's about to have a baby, patience and, um, you know, falling in love with that little one before you even know who they are Mm. and and all of these types of um, themes um, why did I say that? Well, there's like, there's, <laughs> there's, it's a relevant picture of the waiting and preparation. And this not wasting the waiting. Yes. It's not like, oh, I just wish that they would come and be here and that would be that. But this, the, the lessons that come with time, time is hard. It's hard to wait. Yeah. But other times we want more time. So it's like. It's learning a contentment in in the waiting, the time. And, and even if this is in relation to when you feel like you need more time, maybe it's more time with family or more time, whatever it is, uh, but learning like a contentment with, well, this is the time we have, whether that's more than we want or less than we want. This is the time that we have and learning a contentment and a presence of being, okay, Lord, this is where you have me. Let me make the most of today. Mm. Absorbing those lessons that you are teaching me in this allotted amount of time. Yeah. And and so there's this aspect of not wasting the waiting and, and recognizing the power of preparation, like that preparing for the big day or preparing for a moment is just as important as the moment itself. Right. And so here, here's where kind of I want to circle back to this idea of, of preparation. So I've been, one of the things I've been reflecting on in not only the Christmas story, uh, in the immediate circumstances of Jesus's birth, But even in the overarching narrative of God's redemptive plan throughout the story of the scriptures is this installation of God communicating to his people that 
there is a sense in which we must prepare ourselves to meet our God. Um, and, and, and so part of what this is, is in the Old Testament, when God would come down on Mount Sinai and he, he had these um, rigorous rituals that the people would have to go through in order to purify themselves and, and prepare for <laughs> God's presence to dwell with his people. And so I, w- I was thinking about all of that. And obviously, as Jesus enters the scene, a lot of that preparation and ritual gets um, peeled back. It's like the layers are peeled back and we encounter God face to face. But there is this sense in which the season of Advent reminds our hearts that we don't just frivolously (laughs) accept the reality that God took on flesh. We sit in the waiting and the preparation and we look within ourselves and we look to the God who lies in the manger and we allow it to shape us. And there is almost this liturgy, a liturgy meaning a formative practice by which we repeat in order to be shaped by it. Mm -hmm. And so there are liturgies of the Christmas season. There's the... um, waiting for Christmas morning. There's the preparation of the house and things like that that are can be not only formative practices in our excitement for Christmas, but they can be <coughs> deeply formative spiritual practices as we look within our hearts and say, God, prepare my heart for your coming mm-hmm. and prepare my heart for this reality that the presence of God now dwells with man. And so in Isaiah chapter 40, this is, this is just the picture of Advent. It says, A voice cries in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be lifted up. Every mountain and hill be made low. The uneven ground shall become level in the rough places a plain. And the glory of the Lord shall be revealed. And all flesh shall see it together. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. And so at Advent, we celebrate the reality that the glory of the Lord was revealed in Jesus. And there's this voice crying in the desert, and John the Baptist is going to be, as we see in the Christmas narrative, he is the fulfillment of that voice crying in the desert. But we hear the echoes of that cry, even today, prepare the way of the Lord. And I think it's a helpful practice for us in the Advent season to hear that cry and say, how do I prepare my heart to intentionally be shaped by the reality of Jesus's coming? I can't help but think of growing up each Christmas morning before we started opening presents. Um, So my mom and dad, my sister and I would all be sitting on the floor of the living room around the Christmas tree and there's presents and the lights are dim and um are the lights dim on Christmas morning I'm not sure but in my mind it is <laughs> and we maybe would, you got up really early 
Maybe. <laughs> we would read part of Luke chapter 2, and as I look back on that tradition, what that tradition was intended for was to remind us of the greatest gift, which is salvation, which comes in the person of Jesus. And so we read the, that reminder for ourselves of the greatest gift before we give each other gifts. And I think that that's part of, you know, kind of what you were talking about, like a liturgy, an intentional practice to inform our hearts. Was that the right yeah, term? Yeah, that's okay. really good. Um, I think that might be my first, like, liturgy type of thing that I remember. Yeah. And, and so it doesn't have to be like, that. that's super good. Like I think at the heart of formative practices is allowing God's word to be on the forefront of our hearts and minds in this season. And so creating spaces where we meditate on his word. One of the things that's just, I was sharing this with, our um, kind of small group uh, uh, that we meet on Zoom, um, and I was sharing this this week on um, from church, and and I was talking about how God's been teaching me. I've been looking at Mary's song as Mary, as a, mother's mother of Jesus. Yeah, as God <laughs> reveals to her that she is going to give birth to a child, and and it's going to be a savior, uh, and. As she breaks out into this song, it is an echo of the words of Hannah's song. Uh, Hannah being an Old Testament figure um, who she was advanced in age, hadn't had a child, and was just crying out to the Lord for a child, and he revealed to her that she would give birth to a son. And she breaks out into song in 1 Samuel chapter 2. And and one of the things that stood out to me is how similar these two songs are, First Samuel 2 and Luke 2, um, it, with Mary's song, where she says, My soul magnifies the Lord, my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he's looked on the humble estate of his servant. Of his servant. And she goes on and talks about mm-hmm. how the Lord takes those who are low and the poor and he needy and he exalts them. And and it's this picture of what Isaiah talked about, that passage I read just a moment ago, of the um, the mountains being leveled out and the plains being raised up and all flesh see the Lord. And it's like, it's a level playing field when you come to the to who Jesus is and, and what... Um, the glory of the Lord being revealed means to us. It means that no one has um, a moral high ground and no one has uh, bragging rights when it comes to Jesus. It's we are all in need of a savior. And so Mary's reflecting on this and that's exactly what Hannah in 1 Samuel 2 had reflected on in her song of praise. And what I realized in that was like, in this moment of Mary had no preparation for this <laughs> announcement to her that she was going to give birth to a child, mm-hmm. but we see that there was preparation because in her heart and in her mind were the words of First Samuel 2. Which means she had been reading First Samuel 2 and she had thought through that reality 
in other people's lives of crying out to the Lord. And I guess this is, this hits at the heart of what I wanted to say about preparation. There's so much in life that we can't prepare for. Mm -hmm. You get that unexpected call. This year is full of just so much unexpected. I was just listening to a podcast the other day of somebody saying, I started this year and I had so many goals and then COVID hit and I had to throw all that aside. And nothing can prepare you for that. And there's just so much, whether it's sickness, whether it's just not being able to be with family or friends or just so much that we cannot prepare for. And yet, when we prepare our hearts to intentionally posture ourselves for the coming of Jesus, for who he is, the hope that he brings, and when we let those realities soak into our hearts and our lives, that prepares us for what we cannot prepare for. Yeah. And so, and so we create intentional practices, rhythms, routines in our lives that are moments of preparation. You were saying how there was a pastor who kind of instilled this yeah. idea in your heart. I remember Pastor Lutzer in Chicago. This was, I don't know, 14 years ago or something like that. He, I remember he said, before you come to church, like, take a minute and prepare your heart and your mind. And I thought, oh, that's an interesting idea. I thought church was the deposit. You just go in and get the, like, like, spiritual deposit, right? But it's like, oh, I should prepare my heart before church. And so maybe that looks like, before you click on that church live stream link, sitting and saying like, Lord, this is so different to be worshiping from my kitchen table, but here we are and we want you to have all the praise. And I really want my heart to be changed by your word. So I'm going to click on this link and I give you this time, you know, or maybe back in the olden days when you're driving to physical church, yeah, you know, praying or thinking or reading some um, scripture before you leave. Yeah. I, I think there's so many areas of our lives that I think it comes down to being intentional with the moments that we're given. Um, we could, and I, I feel it, and like this season is despite it looking different, it feels busy. And I I think there's this beckoning of the Lord to Peter, slow down and embrace the glories of the Lord and allow the um, mountains and valleys of your heart to be leveled out by my coming. And so you know, part of that is just carving out space to be still and know that Jesus is God and God took on flesh and dwelt among us and we've seen his glory. 
And it's the fulfillment of that voice crying in the desert, prepare the way of the Lord. And so that's my heart for us in this season, that it would be a season of waiting intentionally with preparation that looks to be shaped by the realities of Jesus' coming rather than shaped by the circumstances of here and now. And so, would we, in this season, embrace that reality by being a people who continually prepare the way of the Lord?